Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron's Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. Good evening, everybody. It's Friday, August rather 20th, 2021. I almost said April there. August 20th, 2021. We're going to do something a little bit different here tonight. This is going to be our first ever freestyle edition of the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. And when I say freestyle, I don't mean we're going to be rapping or, you know, making any silly noises or anything, but we're going to just kind of do something a little bit different where rather than have a script or a schedule that we go by, we're just going to talk about whatever comes to mind sports-wise. Alan, uh, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking, Aaron. Always a pleasure to be on the show with you. Doing great. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. Fridays are always good for sure. So um, I know you and I have – you know, chatted and texted back and forth the last couple of days about different stuff going on in sports. Uh, first thing I want to say tonight, if you are listening live to the show uh, here this evening, we certainly would love to hear from you. Uh, the number to call in on is 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. I promise you this. If you call in and want to talk about sports, we will definitely have you on the show here tonight. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, Lou, if you're listening out there, Certainly, of course, you're welcome to call in, too. So um, just kind of scattering through or uh, scouring through, rather, uh, some of the stuff in the headlines uh, this week. This is kind of the first thing that I had come to mind here, and I want to get your take on it. Tim Tebow got cut by the Jaguars. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? It's one of those things where I believe they gave him all the opportunities they can, and I think it was really cool that he got the invitation to come there. He did his best, but I just feel as if he, this is it for him, meaning that's it for his dream to go to the NFL. I give him credit. He had to make a sacrifice in regard that he had to give up baseball to make his last run and make it into back into the NFL. And I think Tim Tebow, he, you know, he tends to Tebow's a lot of things. I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be as far as player and performance. I just think that a lot of the, lot of the stuff, is, you know, when you're a believer, it's unfortunate he got a lot of bad publicity. But with him being cut, I can't say I'm shocked. I could kind of read between the lines of what Urban Meyer was saying as far as, you know, he's one of 70 guys or what have you. It didn't sound, he didn't really give a boast of confidence that he has a good shot of making the team. So I can't really say I'm shocked. I'm, I am a little sad in a way because the Tim Tebow era in the NFL is pretty much, I believe, over now. So that's, it's kind of bittersweet to me. What are your thoughts? I'm a little surprised that it was as early as it was because I think they've only played one game, if I'm not mistaken, the yeah. Jaguars. Um, yep. I would have I would have thought they would have given him two games, but you know, for him to not make the team, I, I'm not surprised. I think this is a team that that wants to put the best 53 guys out there on the field, and I, I give Tim Tebow a lot of credit for, you know, keeping the dream alive, keeping it going. But I think at this point, and you're absolutely correct, I think this is this is the end. There's not going to be um, another opportunity, and. You know, I think hindsight being 2020, it's very possible had he decided, you know, maybe seven or eight years ago or 10 years ago, whatever, that maybe I should try a different position. Maybe things would have worked out a little bit differently for him. Um, he had every right to say, hey, I want to play quarterback. That's been my dream. You know, at the end of the day, you know, here's the cool thing about Tim Tebow. He's a great guy, uh, first and foremost. Um, and, you know, he's, he's still going to be hugely popular to – uh, people like myself, who's a Florida fan, um, people who just like football in general. And, you know, this is a guy who spent some time in the NFL as a quarterback with a couple different teams. He obviously got a chance here this year to uh, to get a chance to play tight end, played minor league baseball for the last uh, four or five years. And, look, 
when he's not playing football or he's not playing baseball or whatever he's doing, he's he's a, a commentator for ESPN on their college football uh, shows. So, um, you know, he, he's he, he's got some things going on. It's not like he's going to be hurting for things to do. So I uh, certainly wish him the best of luck, but I, I do believe you're correct there. His NFL career is over with. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him maybe get into – Maybe get into coaching. I think he's probably more fit to be, you know, staying in that analyst role with ESPN and maybe even doing some, you know, motivational speaking, going around the country and and that sort of thing. He does a lot of the similar stuff that uh, our good buddy Daryl Strawberry does. So I think that will probably be kind of what Tim's line of work is uh, from this point out. No, I agree. I totally agree. In fact, Tim Tebow does do that. I see him you know, pop up with Facebook. He's doing a motivational speaking event and, you know, with him being attendance. That's the great thing about a guy like Tim Tebow is that he's multi-talented. He's not going to be ever a guy that's going to be hurting for opportunities or money. People want to hear from Tim Tebow. He's, he's one of those type of people that you never get enough of him because he speaks the word. He's a man of faith. He, that attracts people. So I don't think it's it's bad that he made this attempt or anything like that. You're right. I see your point. I think if he jump-started it a few years earlier, seven, eight years, and maybe made the, the thought process of making a change then, he probably had a much better opportunity to make it in the NFL as maybe a tight end or something else. But to come on and start a, a training camp, say you want to be a tight end, I just know from guys that I, you know, I've, I've, I've met some tight ends in NFL. It's not that easy for you to just plug and play. Not yeah. saying it, it, it's not that he not to take away from him that he didn't. You know what? He went after his dream. I'm never going to fault the guy for going full hard for his dream. He, he he made a sacrifice too. He gave up baseball. He literally walked away from an opportunity to be at spring training. Number one, what do you? Your number one sport. So it's like he didn't. He didn't just like kind of. He gave up an opportunity to get a bigger opportunity for him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he, yeah. What are speaking? So he he's gonna be he's gonna be around. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, he'll he'll be around the sports world. And I mean, he's been doing the ESPN thing for the last I don't know four or five years now. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll he'll get whatever opportunities he 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 wants. I think he can basically pick a job in the sports world and he'll probably at least have a shot at it um at this point and i think the baseball thing probably kept him you know in in good shape now i'll be honest with you i would have loved to have seen him play like middle linebacker because he's a big he's a big physical player and i would have loved to seen you know guys like to put hits on him i'd like to see him put a hit on somebody knock down a quarterback or (laughs) knock down a running back or you know something like that would have been kind of interesting to see but um yeah, I believe he's 30, was he 34 now? So, I mean, still in tip-top shape for sure. But when you consider that you're playing in a league with guys that are 24, 25, 26, they're going to have a step up on you just because they're younger and a little bit more physical uh, at this point. So I, I think he's probably smartest at this point to, to hang it up. You know, hey, you had a great career. You spent time with the Broncos, the Jets. You had a brief stint with the uh, Patriots a few years ago. Um a little bit of time with the Eagles, I believe it was, uh, I don't know, 2013 or 14, 15, somewhere in there. And then, of course, he spent uh, the last five years or so in the Mets organization playing baseball. And he got a chance this year to, to make it with the, with the Jaguars, and it just didn't work out. So I think he's, I think he's done. And you know what? We're going to do absolutely everything we can, Alan, to, um, to get Tim on this show at some point. He will definitely I, – I firmly believe he will be on this show at some point in the future. I agree. I definitely agree. I would love to have Tim Tebow on the show, and I could definitely see him being on our show because, just like Daryl, they have very similar traits in the fact that they, they love to talk about faith, their experiences in life to, to help other people. Those people with that type of trait are always going to be attracted to opportunities. In fact, you are correct. Happy belated birthday to Tim Tebow. He just had a birthday on the 14th, August 14th. So let me uh, give him a round of applause. <laughs> it was revealed that on Thursday he partnered with Clean Juice to become the company's national brand ambassador. So he's already, you know what I'm saying, 
that at one dream ends, he's already leading it to something else. So Tim mm-hmm. Tebow's going to be on our show. Tim Tebow, I'm speaking into existence. He's going to be on our show. I would love to talk to Tim Tebow. You know, he's an author. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. And I, I just really think that, unfortunately, that, that kind of boggles the mind that a guy who I had, is full of faith, you would be surprised that he ran into so much opposition in the NFL because of his faith. It just, it just boggles me. Because of his faith, jealousy, it's just, it just boggles the mind. Yes, he may not have been the number one quarterback in the NFL. He was a stud in college, but in the NFL, he wasn't the top of the line quarterback, but he still was a very good quarterback. He was a good quarterback. I mean, he made plays. He got him a playoff win. I, he definitely wasn't. We've seen a lot worse in the NFL, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree there. And I think the big thing with, with him, you remember he got drafted in 2010, I believe it was, uh, with uh, with Denver. And at the time it was Josh McDaniels, who is, of course, now back with the Patriots. He was the head coach in Denver. And so the thought was, and I remember when this draft took place, the thought was that, this is going to be the new type of quarterback. The the Wildcat system was going to be the next big thing in the NFL. And to that point, who knows what would have really happened. But a year after they drafted him, the Andrews got fired. They changed directions. They ended up getting Peyton Manning. And so the whole thing kind of got wiped clean there. And you never know. It, it could have worked out. Maybe it was a mediocre thing. We never got to see it come to fruition, unfortunately. I'll, I'll change there. And for the better for Denver, because they obviously went to two Super Bowls in a row and were able to win one of them. So, um, you know, they certainly aren't hurting for what they got out of it. But I I do think it's interesting because, you know, you look at the NFL, and I'll use the Buccaneers as an example prior to Tom Brady being there. You drafted the number one overall pick in the draft in 2015 in in, uh, Jameis Winston. And a guy with a lot of talent, it never really – uh, came to fruition for him on the field overall. He had some good seasons in there, but yet that year we had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. You know, I mean, that was not not a, a great year overall in that sense. And the one thing you can look at inconsistently, uh, inconsistent wise, is you had like four consecutive years where you had four consecutive or four different offensive coordinators. It's hard to learn when there's so much around you that's changing. So that, that's kind of the point with Tim Tebow. Uh, you know, maybe if you could have put together a, a, a secured system or something more consistent where things were, you know, from year to year staying the same, maybe it would have been a different outcome. We don't know. But um, that's kind of the way the NFL works. You have to – you got to do it quick because if you don't, they're going to move on to somebody else. When we've seen that happen before, you you know, look, look at Marcus Mariota. He was the second pick that year. Where is he at now? I think he's playing for the Raiders last time I heard. So uh, you, you got to yeah. be quick. you got, you got to you got to make your mark fast because – you know, you go, I go back to, to even before uh, Winston got to Tampa, you had uh, Josh Freeman. And I remember when the Bucks drafted Josh Freeman thinking this might be their franchise quarterback. He had a really good year, and I think it was 2011. The following season, he had a mediocre year, and they got rid of him. So um, you just you have, to, you have to get in there and get it done quick because it is not going to be something that they're going to give you a second chance on a lot of times. And Tim, he got a, he got a little bit of a second chance with the Jets, but it never really – Never really panned out there. And, um, again, uh, you know, give Tim a lot of credit because, A, A, as we said before, he's a great guy. And, and B, you know, he followed his dream. And, you know, can't fault the guy for doing that, as you said before. No, you can't. He went after his dream. And he also, you know, when I think about Tim Tebow, he also does have some familiarity with at least the position in the regard that he, he was a former teammate of Aaron Hernandez. So, Mm-hmm. This guy's been through some stuff, you know. When you really think about Tim Tebow, he's and he was on the team, and he was that was a major distraction while he was playing. So yeah, yeah, you know he's got he's dealt with some adversity, but he's going to be fine. You know, I don't think he's going to have any issues with making money or getting opportunities. But you you know, to your point, his NFL career, from what I can see from this, this uh, is pretty much his. That's it. It's a wrap. I, I don't see him getting picked up from another team. He is, he's free to be picked up now from another team. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely definitely do not see that 
happening. And I think that, you know, it, we, and we talked about this back in, I don't know, May or whenever it was that he signed with the, the Jaguars. Um, I, I would tend to agree that had it not been for Urban Meyer being the head coach there, I don't think he would have gotten this opportunity as it is anyways. So that, that's kind of, I, I would kind of underline that and say that's kind of what gave him the advantage there. Anywhere else, he may have possibly tried this earlier, but he, he never got around to it kind of thing. So um, I wish you guys a look. You can see him you know, doing, you know, college football uh, commentary, um, analyst kind of, you know, kind of stuff in the future. He certainly has, you know, a great deal of insight from having been a college player, having spent some time in the NFL. And, you know, that that's the thing. You look at a lot of these guys that call games on Saturdays or even some of these guys that call games on Sundays, they played – in the NFL at one point, or they played high-level college football at one point, and you know now they can, you know, throw their two cents in and, and you know call some games, uh, which I think is definitely in his uh, in his future. I'm not sure about head coaching. I think that's still something that you know you can't just you know go from a player to uh, analyst to a head coach on one you know fell swoop. Unless you're Deion Sanders, he's kind of the exception to the rule. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I can yeah. certainly see him. I can certainly see him getting an opportunity maybe to, to coach at some level, maybe a, a coordinator or, you know, something like that down the line. Yeah, I could definitely see that. He's got a great personality. He's not a guy who's going to bring a, a negative, distri- you know, attention to your organization at all. And I could definitely see him getting an opportunity to be a coach. He may even a head coach or a coach to start. You know, that's the great thing about Tim Tebow that, He's a guy who's going to have a, a wealth of opportunities just beckoning at him. So he's, he's definitely not going to have any issues on that regard. But the NFL, unfortunately, and Major League Baseball, that's pretty much a wrap. And you know what? I give the guy a lot of credit. He, he went after his dream to play in Major League. He went after his dream to play in the NFL. You know, get back in the NFL, I should say. But – it, it wasn't meant to be, but he got the opportunity. Most people don't even get that opportunity. You know, he got a chance to be in training camp, which caused a lot of decision with a bunch of haters again because he got the opportunity, you know, because of his relationship with Urban Meyer. You know, that's what it is. A guy like Tim Tebow has got a great personality. You're going to give him the benefit of doubt, even if that means that you're going to be criticized for it. Yeah. Now this may not have happened in a in a, in a organization like let's just say Kansas City or you know a, more of a top tier team. When you're at the bottom like where Jacksonville's at now, you can take some of these risks a little bit more because at this point, what do you have to lose? So there's a lot of that that I think kind of played into it too. Um, I think a little bit of it was Urban Meyer given you know given Tim. Uh, they have a great relationship. They're they're great close friends. You know, giving him, you know, just to the benefit of the doubt. Because I, I honestly think if, if could have happened earlier, could have changed things uh, certainly. Um, but I, again, I think that uh, we'll be we'll be uh, hearing a lot from Tim Tebow over the next several years. He's still going to be a big part of uh, you know the college game and maybe the NFL game in a different capacity, of course. But um, want to get to something you talked to me about the other day, and you and I kind of had a, a text debate going on. Um, <laughs> One of the all-time great running backs, certainly in our lifetimes, um, unfortunately uh, tested positive for COVID. Now, I believe he's doing pretty well. That would be Barry Sanders. Uh, of course, he's been his entire NFL career, unfortunately, with the Lions. One of the greatest uh, running backs, again, that we've ever seen. So we want to certainly wish him um, you know, a speedy recovery from all this. But when we started talking about this uh, earlier today, the thing that was brought up was, who was the better running back, Barry Sanders or Emmett Smith? And so we kind of went back and forth on, on uh, you know, who we thought was a better running back. Uh, give me your pros and cons, uh, Alan, on uh, on those two guys. Uh, that's a great question. And, and definitely, you're right, many prayers to Barry Sanders and and his speedy recovery. He's not showing any symptoms. We hope that in pray that his health is first and foremost the very, very best. And for the set, the Barry Sanders wish you the very best in speed recovery. I know you did your part to avoid getting COVID, but unfortunately, these are one of the things that happened with this terrible disease. The pros and cons, they are 
Man, they're, they're, oh, let's start with Barry. Barry, to me, is just the amazing legwork, the vision to create his own opportunities, his low standard of gravity. It was very hard to tackle because you never could fully wrap him up. He had a very strong legs, but very elusive, too. He can break tackles easily. And just a, a, I mean, you just talk about a guy that's just elusive, low center of gravity, but very strong. That's, that's Barry Sanders. And his vision, focus is just unbelievable. He never gives up on a run. The con, I would say, for Barry, because he is so elusive and he moves around a lot, he always has the potential of somebody of running into someone in a bad way, meaning kind of like Manny Pacquiao, even though he's very, very good at elusive, he might actually walk into a punch. Same thing with Barry, is that he moves around so well, so good, and guys are so big, a guy might take a take a you know, like a dive to get him, and if Barry tries to juke into him, it gets hurt more. You understand? Because of his his uh, spin moves and everything, you can always straight an ankle. You can also tackle you by your put a hand out there. You twist, you can get a twisted ankle. So because he so move he moves so well, that could leave him open for a more devastating injury. Now. Uh, with uh, Emmett, the pros with him is that he runs his route the way it's scripted. He doesn't usually juke guys out like that. He usually follows the block, looks for the hole. He runs the play the way it's designed. It's not so much him being freelance. He basically runs it the way it's, it's designed. He also, one of the uh, great things about Emmett is that he was also hard to tackle, but not like Barry and Lucif. He just was hard to break down because he's a strong man, too. But the cons with, with Emmett is that he, I felt as if he, he wasn't as elusive. He relied a lot on his offensive line. If his offensive line did not give him an opportunity with creating a hole or things of that nature, he was a very average running back. I, don't, I say that with all due respect to Emmett. He's a great guy. I met him personally got a picture with him, so it, it's not me hating on him. It's just that I feel, felt as if Emmett relied more on his offensive line than Barry did. Barry did too, but all Barry needed was speed. You have to be a much better offensive line for a guy like Emmett Smith, I feel, to be successful. He also Emmett Smith also took a longer time to get the injury started, where Barry was right on it from the jump street. So those are the pros and cons, I think, both all-time great running backs, though, in the league. What are your pros and cons? Well, I, I look at it, I mean, the, the most obvious and glaring one to me is, I mean, look, Emmett Smith played for a Dallas team that won three Super Bowls in four years, whereas Barry Sanders played for a lowly Detroit Lions team that made the playoffs, I think, two or three times his entire 10-year career. So that right there is the thing that sticks out to me the most. Um, I, I think there are two different types of backs in that Barry Sanders, uh, you know, he had the quick feet. Um, you know, he would have been a great dancer uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he, he just, he could tiptoe around guys. He could make them miss. And I think there was a stat that they said one time that he probably ran as many yards uh, vertically or, you know, across the field from sideline to sideline as he did down the field between the, uh, between the two end zones. He, 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 he was a better back at, certainly at eluding guys and, and, and moving around, you know, the corner of the line, whereas Emmett Smith, and again, he got the benefit of that great offensive line there for many years in Dallas. He was a better back up the middle. And both guys are about the same size. I mean, uh, Emmett Smith, 5'9", Barry Sanders, five foot, uh, five foot eight. So they're not very different in terms of that. But I think clearly the better uh, speed back was, Barry Sanders. He's a lot quicker. Um, I think he probably had better juke moves, whereas Emmett Smith, he could have guys hitting him and bouncing off. I think he was a better back in that sense. So I, I think there's a different style there. Uh, there's no question in my mind that had Barry Sanders played 
two or three more years, he would have easily had the record. Um, the biggest con for him is kind of what I mentioned there before. He played for a really, really bad Detroit team um, towards the end of his career. I think he could have gone somewhere else for a couple of years and had some success. Um, I remember a lot of rumors coming out in the late 90s about him possibly moving to a few different possible places. It just never happened. And I think he got fed up with Detroit. He got fed up with, you know, being being the star there and there not really being any other consistency. And unfortunately for Detroit, they're really no different now than they were 20 years ago or even 30 years ago for that matter. They've, they've really been a kind of a lackluster team. Um, they've had a few bright spots over the years. They've had some good players, certainly. Calvin Johnson, who just got into the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, they've got some other pretty good players, but they've had a lot of busts there. And, you know, Detroit is really just not a good place for football at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, two guys that, you know, give give Emmett, or give or uh, Barry Sanders, rather, that offensive line that, that uh, Emmett Smith had in Dallas, and he would have he would have rushed for twenty five thousand yards. There's no question he would have he would have been up there in the twenty plus thousands anyways, and and uh, he would have had a couple of nice rings to go with it. So I want to throw another name into this though. Those two guys played in the same general era. Obviously, uh, Emmett played a couple of years after Barry, but two guys that were in the two thousands that I thought were absolutely kind of the continuation of, of two great running backs were LaDainian Tomlinson and Marshall Falk. What do you think of those guys? Both outstanding running backs, both guys that can move really well. I, I think you could tell that the way those guys play the game, they watch a lot of Barry because they they know how to juke guys. They're very fast and just outstanding electric electric guys. And LaDainian Tomlinson, he, he said – he set a record for the most touchdowns in in, in, in This guy was definitely um, he was a, a workaholic too. But it just it just with, with both of their careers just did not end well in a in a good way. When I think Ladanium Thomason when he got tra- when he got traded, it really devastated him, and he was shocked. And I think that was the beginning of the end of his football career. I don't think he fully got over that. And, but, man, they're very, very similar in, in a lot of regards, those two uh, versus Barry and versus Barry and Emmett. I think Barry and Emmett are, are kind of more opposites. I think Marshall Falk and Lizania Thompson are more equals. But both are outstanding runners. If I had a choice to get one, I'm taking LB just because of the strength, and and uh, it's hard to bring LT down with uh, one guy. So I'm taking LT. What are your thoughts on those two? Man, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. Um, but, again, uh, kind of similar to the previous comparison, Mar- Marshall Falk in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, those four or five years with the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf, as they called it, um, probably one of the most dangerous running backs, not just in his era of playing, but maybe in the history of the NFL. I mean, he, he put up some just absolutely un- incredible numbers. But again, he had the benefit of something that LaDainian Tomlinson did not. He had a great team around him. And LaDainian Tomlinson was with the Chargers, who had some great talent. They had a couple of good years. I mean, you had that one uh, one year in 2006, I believe it was. They went fifteen and one. Sorry, trust me. We got we got Lou on the line now. <laughs> oh, Lou, good. <laughs> I knew you. Were... Hey, how you doing? I didn't know if you guys were on or not because I didn't see you up on the uh, schedule. So that's why I'm a little late. I I didn't know you guys were on. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That was that is correct. We put the schedule up real late today just because uh, we're doing something different this this show. We're just doing a freestyle. So any topic you want to discuss, okay. We're open to. All right. All right. Of course, I'm catching preseason action right now. Um, there's, I mean, uh, Zach Wilson's been the buzz in uh, our neck of the woods right now. But, you know what, as good as that performance was, you know, it still needs more convincing to do. I mean, you can't judge how good players are just by one game in the preseason. I mean, he still has a lot to live up to. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's a little bit of yeah. an animal, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lou, we were just talking about um, comparing running backs. We talked a little bit about Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith, and, of course, they were um, playing oh, yeah. at the same time. And then uh, we talked uh, – or actually talking right now about uh, two other guys that uh, played roughly around the same time where they were in their primes in the same general uh, years. And that would be yes. uh, Marshall Falk with the, the Rams and, of course, LaDainian Tomlinson, who played for primarily the Chargers. And he, of course, came to, to uh, New York to play for the Jets at the end there. Um, what are your thoughts? I know you, you probably got to see uh, LT kind of at the end there when he was in New York. What are your thoughts on him? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not one of his best career moves because, you know, <laughs> the Jets have been you know, superbly awful in recent years, more more than they have been. So, uh, LaDainian Tellison, you know, got the worst of it, you know, coming over here. He should have stayed right where he was. But, um, and the other one, uh, the other one was, which one did you mention? Uh, Tomlinson and... Falk. Marshall Falk, yeah. Oh, how yeah. do you compare the two? I mean, Falk was, you know, like you said, Falk had a great team around him, and uh, Tomlinson did not. So, I don't think it's a fair comparison at all. Because how do you compare one that had, you know, a great team around him and got the playoffs and Tomlinson was with, well, the Jets. So, well, he had, a couple good was, teams. he had a couple of good teams in San Diego. I mean, they were 15-1 and one in 2006 and, you know, yeah. came up a little bit short going to the Super Bowl. But um, I think that those right two there. guys, though, yeah, well, yeah, San Diego was not a, uh, a team other than, I think, 94 that really had a lot of playoff success. Junior. But, Junior. Yeah. 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 Um, but let, let me throw another name out there. And, Alan, I, this is one we didn't talk about previously that is, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer without question. Uh, Frank Gore. He's been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. A uh, guy has been running for years. Um, give me your thoughts on Frank Gore. Frank Gore, definitely a Hall of Famer right, right there. The massive career. And, you know, probably one of the best running backs you've ever seen. He is definitely, he is definitely Hall of Fame candidate. And I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he's first ballot. I would agree. Yeah. I would straight. agree. He All deserves. those years in San Francisco and now, um, you know, obviously uh, he comes out of Miami and has had a great career. I mean, he's been around for a long time. A guy, guy probably, probably played a couple years more than he should have, but. You know, again, he's had a, a terrific career, and he, he's more of a second string back at this point. Uh, he's not going to be a primary uh, player, but, you know, most running backs, at 30, his age. 33, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a guy who's durable. He's got longevity. He loves to play football. And, yeah, I mean, you know what? This goes to a testament. If you can stay in the league and keep playing and be productive, you can yeah. you can move up the ranks. I mean, he's he's knocking on the door. He's moving up. Like I mean, it's it's not Barry Sanders flashy the way he runs, but you know what? He's moving up on that list. And I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. With Blue, that he's first ballot. Thanks. Yeah. No, he, he is. He's definitely well, definitely the first ballot for sure. Amazing. I mean. Yes. He's a uh, on the list. I believe he's number two. No, I'm sorry. He's number three. Three. Yeah. He's right at sixteen thousand right now. Yeah, he's 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 at sixteen thousand exactly. Wow, sixteen thousand exactly, and he only needs seven twenty six to get to Walter Payton. And you know what? Even him being a backup, oh. that's not. That's not. It's possible he can get Walter. He has to have a very good year. I mean, yeah. he has to be productive when he's out there. But it's not impossible for him to get to Walter. That's amazing. Yeah, that it really is a possibility. That might be the the uh, the big thing to watch for this year is him him getting to that milestone. That is. That's I mean, hey, number two. He gets to number two. Imagine that. He would be Emmett, and he gets that record. It would be Frank, then Walter, then Barry. 
That's amazing. It, it definitely is for sure. So, well, Lou, I got to ask you this. Uh, you're our resident New Yorker as far as where you live now, of course, that area. Um, it's been a crazy week in uh, in baseball. I know the Yankees are, are uh, like a locomotive coming down the tracks at full speed. The Mets are heading in the opposite That's direction. That's suicide. And, yeah, the, the, the big thing that happened uh, yesterday the day before, Jacob DeGrom may be done for the year. He's at least done until September. Yeah. What is the talk up in New York about with uh, with him going on to the IL for 60 days? If you're a Mets fan, oh, boy, you might want to sit down. I mean, they've been <laughs> saying, like, uh, two weeks here, then on and on, two weeks. Look, you're now, you're now going to September, and, you know, it doesn't look like he's improving it better. So I'd say forget his season is over. And since he's been out, the Mets have been, you know, on a tailspin in the other direction. I mean, they were unstoppable with him in live. I mean, he had what? An ERA didn't even get a one until, like, um, the final weeks before he got injured. And now the Mets have fallen out for his place. They have a losing record. I mean, it's just been a bizarre turn of events. And Mets fans, including my girlfriend, are definitely not happy. They're like, oh, boy, what the heck? Like, what the heck? You know, what happened? I mean, because we thought for sure back in April and May that they were shooing to make the uh, playoffs, win the division and whatnot. And all of a sudden, just this one injury has really turned the season, you know, into a complete uh, into a complete wrecking ball. Yeah, you got a great point, Lou. I mean, they're not even 500 now. They got 60 oh. wins, 51 losses. And now the whole division sucks. Except for Aaron's Braves, they're in first place. <laughs> they're in first place. <laughs> hey, I thought without Kuhn and God, yeah. that was going to be in their season right there. But I guess I was wrong. Well, I tell you what, they made some moves right at the deadline on July 30th yeah. uh, that really have sparked their their run. And you look at what they were. They they And I'll say this, and yes. I, I'm never short of criticism online. I will I will blast them as much as I can if I need to. Five different times this year, Atlanta went and made it to the 500 mark, and it was like their yeah. trip night. They could never get over it. They would they would lose two or three in a row. They mm-hmm. they kind of teeter around that. And then there was actually a streak from I think the All Star break up until the end of July, 14 or 15 games where they one loss, one loss, one loss, back and forth. They make these moves right at the deadline, and first day obviously you still got to get guys into into the rhythm of being right. there organization but they have played absolutely lights out there uh starting pitching has been terrific offense has been terrific you're starting to get guys back to health that were injured travis darno uh signed a two-year extension today uh he's been back and healthy um you're getting ready to get back um uh wasker anoa uh he'll be a big big a big impact the bullpen has been the big key they have been absolutely terrific there and that yeah. has really been a, a big difference maker because the bullpen was terrible uh, prior to oh, yeah. prior to the mid part of July, and you know, here's the thing: they're ten games above 500. They won. Uh, they won against Baltimore tonight, and they're they're suddenly ten games above 500. Well, come on, and... that's no so, that's no so competition right there. I mean, that's Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, we know how they are. You got to win those games, yeah. still, though. I mean, so they're they're ten games above 500 now. And here's here's what's happening elsewhere. You mentioned the Mets are basically like the Titanic; they're sinking. They hit the iceberg, and things are going under. And now. Here's the the Phillies. They get swept by the Diamondbacks past couple days. I mean, Arizona's a terrible team. Diamondbacks. Yep, they got swept by the Diamondbacks. Ever since they got the no hitter, they've been you know they've been better. But of course, it's still too too little too late. Of course, I mean because they're going to end up with a losing record regardless what happens the rest of the way. I mean they have they have done you know horrible all season. And who would have thought they would have a no hitter? The worst team in baseball, and they get a no hitter last week. I'm like, what the. And that happened yeah, right it was, after uh, broadcast. And, and and not only that, but uh, that was um, first. Start. I forget the pitcher's name. Uh, he, uh, he first ever start uh, in the big yeah. leagues. How about that? You can't top that one. So no. It's like starting your golf career hitting the hole in the That world. happened after my show was off yeah. was was done for the night, and I took. <laughs> I'm like, I thought yeah. it was a typo. I really thought it was a typo. Like, wait, the Diamondbacks this can't be. The worst team in the whole league. They only have like 30 wins the whole season, and they got no hitter. This can't be true. Surprise, surprise, it was. 
<laughs> How do you account for that? Yeah. <laughs> no, <here. laughs> On his first start. You know I spread the team only has 30 wins out of 80 out of um, 90 games to pitch a no-hitter. Well, I didn't. Yeah, 41 wins, 81 losses. <laughs> I've heard yeah, well, his luck, but this is ridiculous. The only team with a worse record right now is Baltimore. They are 38 and 83, and they've lost. Uh, let me see here. I believe it's 16 in a row. Let me confirm uh-huh. that here. Yeah, they've lost. They've lost 16 in a row. So as hot There's as the Cal Yankees are, made him. yeah, as, as hot as the Yankees <laughs> and the Braves are right now, the uh, the coldest team in baseball currently is definitely the Baltimore Orioles, and they are certainly trending. Well, we expected in that. the wrong direction. Yeah, and we did. We did. They they had their window a few years ago when Buck Showalter was still there, and they had you know some some talent that hadn't left the free agency yet. So their window closed. Well, I mean they they traded Manny Machado to the Dodgers. Um, there you Chris go. Davis, there you go. Chris Davis. Yeah, Chris Davis was never never the same after his second or third year there. Um, he retired this past week. Um, yep. He has absolutely no pitching whatsoever. And uh, some of the fringe players, you know, you had um, Jonathan Scope was there for a couple of years. Um, you know, you had a few other, I'm trying to think of who else they had on that roster. I mean, even even dating back to when Nick, uh, um, Nick Marcakis. Yeah, Nick Marcakis. I couldn't think of his name. Nick Marcakis, when he was there. I mean, Marquez. when you lost a player like that, he, he wasn't a superstar by any means, but he was certainly a player that, that had a, a big presence in the clubhouse. You start losing guys like that to free agency or to trades, it's going to change your clubhouse, and that that's going to make a big difference. Or I'll tell you, the other one is Adam Jones. He was another really big part of that team for a while. And yeah. you know, those guys move on. They they get older. They aren't playing as well. And you know, some some clubs have a longer window because they have more financial flexibility. And Baltimore just doesn't have that. They are not really a small market team, but they they don't have the attraction that uh, Yankees or a Boston has. And I think that sometimes plays a, a role there. They need to bring back Brooks Robinson and Cal Ripken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever been to that stadium, Luke? Which one? Uh, Camden Yards? Yeah. Um, no, I have. I've been, to, I've been to Fenway. Okay. How was that experience? Aaron just went there just a few weeks ago. How was that experience for you? What a dump. <laughs> what year, uh, what, so what year were you What a dump. What year were you there? <laughs> um, uh, 2009. Okay, so it was a fairly recent trip there. No, I, I think um, I, I've been able to see uh, the two most classic ballparks in baseball. That was, of course, Fenway, which I saw here about two months ago, and then um, – Two years ago, I was up in Chicago at Wrigley Field, and I, I, I think both of those are great ballparks, great atmosphere around them. Um, Boston is hectic, though. Let me tell you, what a oh, crazy sure. scene. Before and after the game, it's like a giant, it's like a giant market party, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they say New York is worse. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, haven't had the pleasure of being there yet. I'd like to get there at some point. I, I would have... Um, I would have liked it, Lou. I'm sure you probably saw it. I would have loved to have seen Old Yankee Stadium, even uh, even after the crazy facelift they did. So, how about how about New Yankee Stadium? You've been there before? Uh, no, I'm not able to get out there. But uh, you know, but nothing I think can can replace the Old Yankee Stadium. I don't think try as it may, and it's a lot smaller too. The new one. The new one. Yes, the new one's smaller. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, where the old one you get fifty-eight thousand, this week only said about forty-eight thousand, so it is smaller. I think a lot uh, of that has to do though with the the seats. I mean, uh, I'll say yes, this from yes. just having been at, at Wrigley Field two years ago, some of those seats are just very uncomfortable and they're very very close together. And I think a lot of these newer ballparks, the, the big difference that I've noticed, anyways, is mm-hmm. you want to give people a little bit more space to be a little bit more comfortable. And I think that's probably why Yankee Stadium is its the same dimensions, it's the same design for the most part, but it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like 10,000 less seats than it used to have. So, Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's hey, uh, def- the NBA schedule came out today, too, finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The yeah. NBA just come out. Any uh, predictions you have? You know, I was reading the predictions, and uh, there's a lot of surprises of who they said is going to. They said the, the Nets are heavily favored. You know, the, the most wins, and look like they might be on target with the championship. Well, yeah, if KD can get, you know, can get going, and of course, uh, those slip-ups like it did in the, in the playoffs. I mean, if it wasn't for that three that was called the two, we would be in the championship series and not the Yucks. Yeah. So, no, no, no bitter feelings, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. The rematch, which, was, which we should have won. We should have won that game, and we should be in that, should have been that championship series. The Bucks got away with murder. <laughs> but even then, I got to give them credit, you know, for them to be down 0-2 to come back and win four straight. I didn't see that coming. Phoenix looked so strong. And Giannis, mm-hmm. he just stepped up. I still say we got cheated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, still, I, mean, I don't know if you saw the game or not, but I did. And, you know, really. Yeah. Harden's foot was on the line. Oh, really? <laughs> so the schedule's out, and uh, yeah, got some good matches here. I'm just waiting for the NHL schedule to come out because that hasn't been yet, and that season starts, of course, before the NBA. So why isn't the complete uh, schedule off for the uh, NHL? I don't know. Yeah, I'm have to talk with Gary Bettman. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it probably is? Yeah. Is they probably are trying to figure out how they can get the Lightning. Probably those premium games. That's probably what it is. Because uh, yeah, you go to Dallas, and what to do about that? And what to do about the mythical sea creature? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you call it, we call it, well, you call it the kraken, but I call it I call it a sea beast. <laughs> that's exactly you know, what it is. It's a, it's a mythical sea beast. And this is their first year in the league, I believe, coming up here. Is that right? Yes, I don't know if it's going to be another Golden Knights story. I mean, you know, because like I said uh, previously, the Knights, although they were a new team, did not really have a lot of new players that were just out of college and whatnot. These were seasoned veteran players who won championships with other teams, so they were able to bring their experience with them. Here, it's more traditional with more younger players uh, who don't, I think, have the same, you know, not have the same, you know, amount of luck as they did with uh, Vegas. I could be wrong, but as history shows, you're probably going to have a season that's going to be, well, very uh, painful to to look at. Yeah, I mean, usually expansion teams, uh, it's very rare to, to – I mean, yeah, that, that's the first one I've ever heard of that made the playoffs and won, won in its first year. Um, the, the fastest uh, fastest team I can think of, you go back to the late 90s when Arizona Diamondbacks – we're in the Don't playoffs there. in their second Don't year. There. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they beat the Yankees, of all people. Man. Well, that was I just sat there that, that night for a half an hour in disbelief. I'm like, what happened here? That was in the, yeah, that was in 01. So, 99 was their second year. They they actually lost in the playoffs. 2001. 2001. So, yeah. Yeah, that was 9-11. I think if we would have been home for game seven, that would have been ours. Yeah, you know, yeah. the interesting thing about that series is no no road team won a single game in that World Series, which I, I still think uh, is one of the greatest World Series ever played for a lot of reasons. Uh, the, the back and sure. forth and the, the blown leads and the late home runs to walk off and, of course, the, the way the series ended. But just having that happen right after 9-11 and how much baseball meant more to the city of New York than it did even before all yeah. that happened, um, you know, and I look back, and you know now, I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna. Now you know who was at that game <laughs> that night uh, when the Mets uh, opened at home uh, for that, that game, right? You know, who was standing in the uh, for the introduction for that, right? Which, uh, which game are you talking about? First game on September seventeenth. Uh, uh, oh, two thousand one. Yes. Jack Buck. No, I, I, okay. Ooh. Okay. Jack Buck, the mm-hmm. former uh, Monday Night Baseball announcer, and you know for the uh, Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe Joe Buck Joe Buck's dad. Yeah. 
Joe Buck's dead. Okay, well, for that we go ahead. But you know, <laughs> and he was, and you know, he was giving a speech, and you know, there was a lot of us who are still a lot of people thinking, well, should we even play this game right now? Just a week after that, I don't happen. But Jack Buck asked that question, like, should we be here? And he said yes. But the thing was that that was the last time he was in public because he passed away shortly after that. Wow. Yeah, was, he but he looked, but he was very, but he was very sick anyway. So, you know, I think that was his last, you know, his last hurrah. It was going to be his last hurrah anyway, because he looked very frail when he was at that game. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that there's, you know. People need sports, and life is bigger than sports, but it's yes. nice when they intertwine each other. But do we need Jack? But do we need Joe Buck? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you were horrible as a Jeopardy host. <laughs> yeah. Look at Chip Van no, can do better. <laughs> How about Aaron Rodgers? How do you think he did? It would be too complicated with his schedule if he got the if he got the hosting job. That would be that cause major complications. He really wants that gig too. I, I don't. I, so what? Do you want? I think he did. Uh, I think he did, I think he actually did a pretty good job with it. Um, from what I watched, uh, you know, earlier this year, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I, I, from what I saw, you know, he seemed to do a pretty good job of it. So. Yeah, but like I said, it's going to cause too much complication in his schedule. Because Jeopardy tapes on weekend, he's got to play on Sunday, practice on Saturday and whatnot. It wouldn't work. I'm thinking yeah, logically he, here. No, well, I mean I down agree. the line after he's done. Right, but this year, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he was saying that that if, if he if he didn't come to terms with the Packers, he's going to be the next Jeopardy host, and he was serious. Like that's his his <laughs> go to when he retires. I'm telling you, he's going to go after that thing hard. He wants to be the. I mean. The next Jeopardy host. I'd rather be a commentator, but he really wants to yeah. be a Jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, he wants to be the next Jeopardy host, I guess. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on on what's coming up with your show? Oh well, of course, you know, with football coming up, you know, we have we're going to take care of, of course, preseason this week. Uh, we'll have our first college football predictions because the season does start next week, even though it's the uh, clean puff schedule. I call it exhibition. Um, we still got some uh, deals in basketball that have been made. There's been a lot of acquisitions in just the past week, and they said free agency was over. Yeah. So we got that. <laughs> uh, we're going to cover some um, women's sports because there was big moves. Uh, a lot of people in uh, women's sports this week, especially in women's soccer, and I think you know what I mean by that, of course. If those of you have been paying attention to my uh, articles. So we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> this has not been your very ordinary summer, because usually the summer is just baseball, maybe sometimes a little bit of MLS and NBA, but this has been one very strange summer. Something's been going on every week. Yeah, you know, it's been a... Uh, who's arguing... Uh... Very busy summer, for sure. Yeah. I've actually enjoyed it. Hey, let me ask you both a question, Aaron and Lou. What are you yeah. more excited for, NFL starting up or college football starting up? Huh. NFL, okay, okay. And what about you, Aaron? Um, I'm going to go with the college game. Um, I knew I it. More of a, I knew it. I, I, I'm, I'm more of a college guy when it comes to football. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, this is the time of year, especially when baseball season is over, where it's a perfect weekend. You get to watch college football all day Saturday and NFL football all day yeah. Sunday, Sunday night into Monday. So can't complain. But I, I, I like the. I am more of a fan of the college game as it is, anyways. I, I've always followed it a little bit closer, so I think I'm a little bit more excited about that because there's so many things that can happen. Um. I do feel like the college game is in dire need of I, – I do think they should expand the playoff. I'm probably in the minority on that. But I also think well, – Look, how many teams? Eight. Eight is fine. You don't want to get too far down the line because then you're going to get watered down and you're going to, you're going to be wondering this question, like, 
Uh, why is this team here? They're, they finished four and seven. They have no right being here, whatnot. I don't want to see them going down to that far, you know, because then it's going to get I would actually, I would actually say six might actually make more sense. And you do it kind of like the conferences do in the NFL where you have right. the, the number one and number two team get a first-round bye, so they get that they get that uh, extra week of rest, and you let the mm-hmm. three, four, five, and six teams, you know, battle it out and yeah. – you know, go from there. But I, I, I do think the reason I'm saying that they need to expand it, if you go back and look since they started the four-team playoff, there's only been like eight or ten teams that have made it those five or six years we've been doing it. So, right, to me, right. you've got to break it up somehow to where you can't have – you can still have some power teams, but you need to give a few extra teams an opportunity. And then it really will mean something because, you know – Last several years, you know, the SEC, I mean, for the last, what, 15 years has been yeah. so dominant. Yeah, think of that merging, had... though, with the conferences. I mean, that's kind of, that's, I, don't, I don't get that at all. Well, before too long, we're going to hear Oregon is uh, entering the SEC. I mean, it's getting ridiculous yeah, I here. I did hear, Wait a minute. I did hear Ohio State might Wait. be in, in coming, too. You said Oregon is going to enter the SEC? <laughs> Not really, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Hey, it's my job to be sarcastic. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about I don't know how I feel about Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, I, I to me, yeah, you know, Texas A and M came into the SEC a few years ago, and in my mind, geographically speaking, there is nothing there's nothing southeastern about Texas. I don't care what side of the state you're on, you're, no. you're not in the you're not in the the eastern part of the country. You're in the the middle part. So I gotta think that at some point, I understand why they're doing it. It's money. That, that's really what it's boiling right. down to is money. Um, hey, you learned geography. And, and, yeah, yeah. But you know, why why not uh why not maybe create a new conference? Create a new conference. Maybe that'll maybe that'll help something out. Who knows? But it's um, possible. You know, you, you mentioned watering it down. You know, if we get too many more teams, you know, like I said before, I heard a rumor of Ohio State possibly coming to the SEC. I mean at some point What? You have too many teams there and too many great teams there, it's gonna be really hard to, to really you know, have a good pick or, or Why whatever. Why would Ohio State go to the SEC? They're, they're not in the South. I have no idea. <laughs> what a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. <laughs> and people call me stupid. Okay. <laughs> Alan, what are Let's you looking see. more for to uh, call? Ohio or, State or is over here next to California, <laughs> and uh, Oregon is right over here. Next to uh, Chicago, yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good fit. Okay, it's not geographically, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, me definitely it's the NFL. You know, I was I was raised in the North, so NFL is what the sport was, and, and it and it's just exciting. It's just seeing these guys making some of these highlights, whether it be defense, offense. Having Alvin Kamara, you're talking about Marshall Falk, and you're talking about also, you know, Barry Sanders. Alvin Kamara is no joke, man. I mean, that guy is like no, no. You know, so you get to see those guys like that, and they get to see what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to do. So it's always intriguing to see if the Bucks are going to re- repeat or not. So the NFL to me has so many storylines, and it's got to be the NFL. Which brings me to this question I wanted to ask you guys. What are your thoughts on all these fights between guys during spring training, uh, during our training camp? Boys will be boys, of course. But yeah. I think, you know, this one got a little bit out of hand, really. And, and the coach was like, ah, that's enough. I'm not putting up with this, with this crap all. You know, well, I guess it, I guess it goes to show you one thing. Well, I went to a fight and a football game broke out. Okay. <laughs> I know. It's more common, I know. It's more associated with hockey, the joke, but you know, still, a fight is a fight. But you know, I've seen these happen before in preseason. I mean, you know, there's always something going on with those joint practices and you know, it it, it it does get ridiculous. I mean that's I think one of my ridiculous moments of the week on how uh, this all came this all came about. I mean it is just you know, just completely st- Completely stupid. Or another moment that's pretty stupid. Uh, well, you had an argument with the uh, with the umpire, and you toss your belt and whatnot, and uh, you get ejected from the game. 
Way to go, stupid. Yeah, Lance Lynn with the White Sox. Um, yeah. I didn't I didn't quite understand why he did that. Um, and I guess we've seen now a, a fair share of um, of players that have got – our pitchers have gotten kicked out. For the, yeah, just for for silly reasons. Um, like I said, the ridiculous moment of the week. Yep, exactly. Which will be covered tomorrow night, of course. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> yes. it's actually a very popular feature on the show. What is the stupid person of the week? The ridiculous item of the week. Ridiculous oh, item of the week, huh? Okay. The ridiculous like item of the week, or the indie of the week, if you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I created that. I came up with that myself. <laughs> So some yeah. good nominees this week, it sounds like for uh, for that uh, that award. So, well, Lou, thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in here tonight. We certainly appreciate it. And I know your show is uh, from five to seven Eastern time, correct? That's correct. And Number then, call is five one two five four three four six six two. Number again five one two five four three four six six two. We got everything covered. We got the NFL preseason. We got college football. We got. Uh, Baseball, of course. We'll even cover some boxing, NBA, uh, women's sports, more than uh, more than usual. But there's been some uh, big news in uh, women's sports this week. Okay. So at that time, uh, be- between five and seven, uh, give a call. I mean, the more the merrier. Yeah, that's right. Five one two five four three four six six two. Five one two five four three four six six two. 5 to 7 p.m. Saturday, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Don't miss them on the Enhanced Sports Show. That's our good buddy, Lou. Right. Right. All right, gentlemen, thanks. You Lou, you have a great night. We'll talk to you again real soon. Okay. You too. That's uh, the legendary. Yeah, the legendary Lou from New York. So. Well, Alan, we are uh, we're we are in for a treat, you and I here on Monday. Um, I pick, I predicted this as a World Series uh, preview at the beginning of the year, uh, two game series beginning Monday. I believe it's in Atlanta between Atlanta and the Yankees. Um, I think we both have, be happy with a split of that series, but I, I think we're we're on to something here. I think about uh, maybe a month ago, I think we were both looking pretty bleak as far as playoff chances, and now things are looking bright for both uh, both franchises at this point. Yeah, it just it just goes to show you with the Yankees, you can never count them out. I mean, I didn't I didn't see this. I even said you know like I said about a month ago that I didn't think the Yankees were one of the better teams in the AL East, but yet they're sitting second, five games back of the Rays, and they won eight of the last two, eight and two of the last ten games, and they're doing very very good. And your Braves are sitting really well, four and a half games ahead of the Phillies. So I didn't, you know, that's one of the things that you are right about. I agree with you that I, I did make a mistake in that. Where I was thinking that 162 games is just too much. You were like, well, we got to play that as many games and see who's going to end up on top. And you got about what, about 120 in, and things are getting a lot very interesting. Well, and and you know, here's the thing that's the difference between baseball and football. The NFL schedule is literally one-tenth of what the baseball schedule is. So you can look at baseball as a marathon rather than a, uh, rather than a sprint. And knee-jerk reactions in baseball typically come back to backfire. And I've been watching the game very thoroughly for 30 years, and I've seen pretty much, pretty much every scenario that there is to this point. And there will be a new, another new one next year, of course. But I've seen time, time, and time again over the years where – whether it's Atlanta or New York or whomever, not playing very well until maybe like mid-July, and then something clicks and suddenly they take off and they have a, a solid final, you know, 70, 75 games of the season. So that seems to be happening now. Nothing's happened yet. Nothing's official yet. But if everything continues to trend in the right direction for both teams, both teams are going to the playoffs this year. And certainly that's what the uh, intentions are is to – get into the playoffs, have a chance to advance. Let's try to get to a World Series and see where things, you know, go from there. So, um, great show here tonight. I, I love the uh, the freestyle format. I know we'll have to do this again. 
uh, down yeah. the line. We'd certainly uh, love to hear from everybody. Um, if you enjoyed our show here tonight, uh, or maybe you missed part of it, you came in late, you can always replay any any uh, any of our shows at any point on the uh, iHeartRadio app. Just simply search uh, Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast, and you'll see our show's uh, headline there. You can type in from a previous episode if you'd prefer as well. And if you throw in some comments online, we'd certainly love to hear from you there on our Facebook page. We may just read them on the air. That's right. Absolutely. And then definitely we want to hear from you guys. Feel free to always save our number at 512. I'm sorry, 512. Just saying a loose number. It's our number is 516 518 5572. 516 518 5572. Anytime you guys want to chime in and let us know what you're thinking, please do so. And like our page on Facebook, Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. Should be uh, great to hear from you guys. And I did want to give my quick prediction, which is the fight tomorrow. I still go with Pacquiao to win tomorrow's fight. Big fight for him against Ugas. I have Pacquiao winning that fight by a decision, unanimous decision. And I do think he's going to knock his competitor out. Not knock him out like fight over, but knock him down. I got Pacquiao winning tomorrow night's fight. It's a great prediction. I like that one, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna second that and say the same thing. So, the so Pacquiao tomorrow night. Yep. All right, Alan. Well, it's been a great show here this evening. Thank you everyone for listening, and we'll be back to uh, have another great uh, chat about sports here again next Friday night. So, thank you for everybody listening here this evening, and take care. Thank you for listening to the Evan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.